We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Podcast. I'm Alex Hurst, joined on the line by Simon Campbell. Here to talk is after Newcastle's 3-1 home defeat to Fulham yesterday at St. James's Park. Sorry, simple question to get started. Uh, what went wrong? <laughs> um, what what went wrong? Um, why didn't it go? Ask the the thousands and thousands of Newcastle fans who, who seem to think that everything went wrong. Um, it, it's a funny one because nothing really did go right. Um, a lot of people claim that Rafa's tactics are wrong or home form's wrong. He should have started on certain players. Even the Mitrovic um, fan club um, <laughs> had, had a little go yesterday enjoying the fact that we'd won without him. Um, for me, it was just uh, just a case of, of tired legs, I think, to be honest. Um, the whole team that started just just were poor. We had a bad game. Too many individual performances just weren't good enough, weren't, weren't, weren't up there. Fulham played at quite a high pace, and I think we just looked knackered and couldn't keep up. Um, the midfield was, was struggled. The, the fullback struggled. Richie had a bad game. Gale just come back to fitness. He didn't look quite there yet. Um, n- nobody had a good game and it was just that one of those days where we, we played a team that were good enough to take advantage of that yeah I totally agree four games in 11 days is, is mental particularly with the energy um, we'll have to put in in each of those three games there would just look to be no legs in midfield there looked to be um, no creativity it looked to be tired minds and yes Rafa seems to have changed it for that I thought um, we missed Goufran on the left the balance he provided Paul Dummett had his worst game in black and white for a long time um, not the only one, by the way. And then, um, you know, Richie was far from influential on the opposite flank. I know he, he did change it at the end. And then, you know, you've got Callback just seemed to be absolutely exhausted. And we're, we're, we're kind of caught in a no-man's land between coming out, um, Fulham pressed us, which is fine, which we knew was going to happen, which happens a lot, even away from home. Team pressers, um, we didn't have the ingenuity or the legs to... To, to win the ball back quickly, and that's why Isaac Hayden's such a big miss. I thought yeah. I thought that's what Colback did so well, particularly at Brighton, he, and so did Shelby. They won the ball back. We just couldn't we just couldn't get the ball off them yesterday. And you have to give credit to Fulham. Um, I've seen some some hilarious comments uh, in the aftermath, which we're going to come on to with the fan base in a minute. But you know, <laughs> you've got people saying, "Oh, people think a nil nil at Redden was a good result when they got beat three 0 by Preston." Yes, there's a reason, reason Redden are fifth and have the second best home form. It's because they're away from shit. <laughs> so, yeah. like, and it's the same with Fulham. These, these are these are not even in the playoffs. Well, yes, I know they're not, and yes, I agree we should have done better. And 
out of hope to win the game, but their away form is second only to us. So yeah, maybe they We've come up against a really good away team at the worst possible time after we've just done 2,000 miles on the road in eight days. Like, these things can happen, and I don't think there's any... You know, Rafa's trying to change it up. He's trying to do something about it, but we just didn't have enough about the squad on the day. Like, I, I, I don't understand the reaction. It's, 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 it's a weird one. And it is, it is frustrating losing games, particularly at home, and it's frustrating to us who are there. Um, oh, no, yeah, you're absolutely allowed to be disappointed. You're allowed to be disappointed that we've lost to him to Fulham. Me and you were good at after the game, as anyone was. And it's just, you just got to kind of put it in context, though. We're, we're still top. All the usual cliches have to come out. Like, we are still top. We are. We're making it harder than it needs to be. Um, but I'll tell you what, sorry, I don't know how this will go down, but I, I think the draw at home with Bristol City was a worse result than Fulham. Because Fulham are excellent away from home and Fulham are in great form. Bristol City are rubbish and we're in terrible form. And the Fulham, I mean, the Bristol game was points thrown away, and even then, we played well enough in that game to win it. Yeah. We just robbed ourselves of the points by giving away two ridiculous goals. Yeah, so it, it's trying to contextualise it. You know, if, if anyone listened to the Bristol City podcast, we were really disappointed after that. I was very disappointed. I said then, if we went to pick up good results over the next few games, no one would even remember what happened in that game, which, which proved to be true. It's the same now. We'll have Birmingham 18th. Um, Burton 19th and Wigan 22nd or 21st 22nd um, away from home oh, sorry away and then two home games so you know it's just w w when you're kicking off on social media when you're walking out the ground when you're booing when you're abusing the players like you know if we're, if we're going to win the next three games which may not happen but I think it will if we're going to win the next three games like sh surely fans have learned across the season not to get too upset over one fixture yes we're home form needs to be better but all we're for you know we should you know I want Newcastle to win every single game home and away I'm not the people who keep going we need to sort of home form out well I'm not quite sure why that is because we're top of the league if we're third or if we're looking like going into third place, I could understand, yes, there's, there's, there's always the desire to improve the home form, but now we, we need to sort of home form out. Well, as yeah. long as we keep picking up, if we're going to beat Birmingham, it cancels out that Fulham game. So, you know, we're not trying, I'm not trying to be positive for positive sake, but there is, there's just total horseshit talked in the context of this home form. Do you agree or do you yeah. think it needs sorted, as they say? Yeah, there's that, there's that, there's the other part of it, which is, oh, because when we try and fight back and say, look, it's not that bad, put it in context, we're saying all the stuff we're saying now, and then people's response is, oh, well, you just keep clapping them in, clapping, applauding them off for that result. Well, no, that's not what it's about either. We're not going to sit there and cheer and say that was a good result. We are disappointed. We're still, we're still we, clapping we them off think... as well because we're not cunts, but go on. Well, yeah, of course, but it's, we're not saying, well done. We're not saying you've, you've, you've put a good shift in there. We're saying, you know, we still support you. <laughs> yeah. Over the last four games, you have, you've more than done us proud. Like, if, you're, if you can go to that Fulham game and not think about the rest of the season in context, then, then what are you doing? Like, it's frustrating, and you're right, it's, it's kind of... Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what, how to describe it. It's this kind of sense of entitlement, this expectation, um, and maybe I don't know. <laughs> well, I feel like we're in the minority on days like this. Oh, we're definitely in the minority. And if you just have to look at the reaction of the, I mean, the fans. Yes, I, I don't think not many people walked out with three 0 That was a, that's a social media exaggeration. Not hardly anyone walked out with three 0 But certainly by the seventy fifth minute. 80th minute, a lot, a lot of people, despite what happened against Norwich this season, despite various other comebacks, despite the effort the players have put in across the season, just just said to themselves, nah, fuck it, I'm off to, to for me pint, I'm off to this. And, you know, that, that it, it is an entitlement and it's a customer-based, um, you know, it, it's like I'm not being entertained or I'm not getting what I wanted out of this. And 
listen if that's if that's what your crack is that's fine I, personally I wouldn't I wouldn't go to the football but I don't, I don't think I don't think you're going to go to football and get value for money if you, if you try and contextualise it like that whether you paid a tenner for a ticket yesterday or whether you bought one for 32 quid or whether your season ticket cost you 24 quid for that game yeah. I, I just I don't know I don't know how these people look at it the weirdest thing about that kind of that line of argument is, is, is that it's the, it's these people that think, oh well, I'm not going to sing and, and get behind the team if they give us nothing to sing about. And it's like, yeah, okay, you, we're, not, we're not there to just blindly follow the team. If they were really, really terrible, there comes a point where you can't just keep clapping and cheering the same terrible players. But we're top of the league. Like, yeah. if they're not earned, if they're not earned your support just from that, if they're having a bad game, get behind them. Be, be positive about it. And go, you know what? That was a bad game, but these these lads have done well this season. I can't wait for the next one. That's what should be going through your head. Not, for fuck's sake. That's twenty kid down the drain. I'm I'm really annoyed. I'm going home. Like that's that's just ridiculous. I mean, it, it, try anyone who's listening to this now thinking, "Are oh, these two are idiots?" Or no, blah blah blah. Think think about yourself and think about the people last season. W- 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 was the reaction after yesterday any different to the reaction to, to Bournemouth at home this time last year? <laughs> no, no is the answer. Empty ground at full time. People going absolutely fucking tits at the players. Um, and and people so much booing, change in that time, like, like like but but and yes, both performances were shite. Both results weren't good enough. But yeah, like you say, the the position of the club and and and, and the 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 credit the players have in the bank is so much different. That position, like I, I don't understand how you can be one of the people yesterday. Sorry, there was a bloke behind me yesterday. As I'm sure you know, who was not not only abusing the players, he was he was clapping his hands over his mouth. You know when people shout to go like. Pathetic, not good enough. Like yeah. j- just to try and make sure the players heard his abuse. Like, no, I'm not just going to abuse these players. I'm going to try and you know big up the acoustics available to me <laughs> to make sure that the that these players get the message because I'm I'm foaming. And you know, back back to the game, I suppose a little bit. I'm foaming, but it's it's disappointing to me that once again, and first goal was was crucial. People said that oh, you know, yet again we've come out, uh, you know, we've come out and we've, we've started badly. I don't think we did start badly yesterday. I thought it was an no, even game. I thought Fulham played well. It was a bad goal, but up to that point, it was a it was an even championship game of football between two teams who were in good form. Fulham were in good form. We're in good form. It was looking like a good one. Yeah, and then you know we, we didn't play well first half. We didn't play well after the goal, and that's and that's our biggest problem at home. If we go one 0 down, that's essentially it, and that that is a worry. And that is something that the team have to sort out. But it's frustrating to me that you know um, as soon as that second goal went in. And it it was shocking from Dummett. It really was. It's like kick, kick the ball anywhere, Paul. Like kick it, kick it out, throw in corner away. Just don't kick it to Sonia Lugo on the edge of the eighteen yard box, unmarked. Um, and as soon as that second goal went in, it was just like kind of the Bristol City game. You know, people were just like, well, the crowd started feeling sorry for themselves. They started feeling like that they had to get on the players' backs, and then they got the third one on the counter attack pretty quickly. Two counter attack goals did were. And yeah, it was a shit day, and I'm frustrated by it. But I still think we're going to get promoted. So if we end up getting promoted, presumably people who boo and who leave early and who kick off and abuse the players still think we're getting promoted. Some of them must do. You know, try and think of your behaviour at the end of the season. Think, was it really worth it? Was yeah. it really worth walking out on the team? Was it really worth it? Three one down, leaving against Norwich. Was it? Was it worth the abuse I gave to Jamal Lasalle because he let a ball bounce? <sighs> yeah, I've got a, like a couple of my friends were of the opinion because they were kicking off. I think, I think I was just having a WhatsApp conversation, kicking off saying, "Oh, the players need a good kick up the arse. It's perfectly within <laughs> our rights to, to kick off for them." It's like, 
Well, no. Well, if they need a kick up the arse, Rafa will give them a kick up the arse. That's what he's there for. That's it was, they'll be giving themselves a kick up the arse by all accounts. There was a bit of a, a bit of a training um, uh, dressing room chat. You know, Matt Ritchie would have been having a go at players. Shelby would have been having a go at players. They can sort that out themselves. They don't need the crowd getting on the back. That's not helpful. Fifty thousand people demanding more and demanding better and saying that you're shite isn't gonna isn't gonna turn the performance around. That's Rafa's job. So. As Rafa keeps, it's ridiculous. Rafa, the man in charge, the man who's saved our club, he says it every week. He says it, he's on repeat. He says the exact same words every week. The, the crowd need to be more patient. The crowd need to be more positive, and and help us. And why 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 can't people just listen to him? If you don't want to listen to us, fine. You know we're just two lads. But listen to Rafa. If the club gets if the club doesn't get promoted this season and and the shit hits the fan, Rafa leaves. Um, I have a theory that a a lot of these negative people won't be at the match anyway so they don't care um, and B like just just say we don't get promoted we'll have to sell Matt Ritchie we'll have to sell Dwight Gale we'll have to do all these things that you presume failure to get promoted will do or, or Mike Ashley puts another 60 million into the club meaning he's definitely going to stay for another 20 years you know become so entrenched and so financially unviable to ever sell it um, which I don't think you will anyway, but it, you know, besides the point, did you do your bit? Did you do everything you possibly could as a supporter, not a customer, as a supporter to try and make sure that the unthinkable didn't happen? Well, well the answer's got to be no, you didn't. Um, and you, you, you sat there and, and, and said, I told you so. Yeah, you sat well, there and said, good, we're, we're shite at home, I'm, I'm booing, you know, like all this kind of stuff, but... Well, I suppose um, we should give some credit to Fulham side. Great goal by Kearney for straighten that. I think Shelby did badly to to let him get the shot off. Richie could have done more, but obviously it's one of those things. Richie could have done more, but he's thinking of the booking, isn't he? Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't put a tackle in because he can't get booked or he's out for the next two games. Yeah, there's a bit of that. So Definitely. That, that's that's frustrating to an extent. But you know, do you do you think do you think Fulham are probably the best side that have turned up at St James's, and which backs up that they've only lost three away games all season. So. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know, not so much the best side, but it's certainly the best performance from a yeah. from an away team at St James's Park. Um, there were some very good players, and I think they were just the the quality of their performance was exaggerated by how bad we were and how yeah. just like off the pace we were. It was a perfect time for them to play. As these sort of things happen in football, sometimes you just get a fixture that's like it's just a dream time to play a side that's just you know it needs a break, and we've got a week off now. But yeah, credit to Fulham, they were they were very good, and the, I mean. Again, it's taken from it was even, and it's taken a very good goal to to break the deadlock. And given the, the state we seem to be in in terms of fatigue, going one 0 down was just just the worst thing that could happen for us at the time. And let's not forget, Rafa did one extra players in January. He wasn't given them, um, so that you know there's that freshness. That you know, there's a couple of journals saying the team looked tired, which obviously we agree with. I'm not I'm not as concerned as some of they are because obviously we've got we've done four games in eleven days. We've now got like what three games in three weeks, pretty much. I, th- I don't know if that's true. We've, it's, we've got the eighteenth, and I don't, I don't think we'll play again on the first of April. So like two and a half weeks anyway. So, you know, um, twenty odd days, three games to four games in eleven days. So the, the, there is going to be that recovery time. Most of the players aren't on international duty. Um, so you know we'll go to Birmingham next week. I'll be there. Um, we'll be podcasting after it. Um, full of hope, you know. Birmingham are the worst team in the league at the moment, and um, form-wise, I think, along with Rotherham. Um, you know, like you say, the the reaction after the first goal yesterday wasn't good enough. The team didn't perform well enough in the second half. Were defensive errors um, allowed allowed Fulham to put the game beyond us? Side, so, do, do you think um, th- there are people calling for Mbemba to be recalled for home games? 
what are your thoughts on that? I know, the interesting thing about that is they're not calling for him to be brought in as a centre-half, are they? They're suggesting <laughs> that he could play that defensive midfield role, because he apparently did that for, during the African Nations. It's an unknown, it's an unknown to Rafa, and we know he doesn't like any, any risks. Uh, I'm, I'm struggling, I'm struggling with, with Colback and Shelby constantly playing the midfield at home. And, and yeah, if, if Hayden was fit, we probably wouldn't be seeing it so often, but... It's 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 too negative. I, I think they have a problem with each other. They seem to struggle to play to each other. They kind of they don't offer each other a, an option, space. They just kind of want to do the same, exact same job. And it, it, I don't know. It seems to cause problems. We end up really deep. Lascelles and what? Well, not, not so much Clark. Lascelles looks for the simple pass, obviously, and then he finds Callback, who then has Shelby two yards beyond him. And we're just when, whenever there's a chance of a break, we seem to waste so much time between the two of them. So yeah, someone like Mbemba who. He's a bit no nonsense, but can also bring the ball out. Might just free up Shelby or or Diame or whoever else is in midfield to, to have a bit more space. And as you said, winning the ball back, which was massively lacking yesterday. Yeah, I think you made a good point about Shelby and Callback. Yeah, away games, the three we've just had, they both did class, yeah. um, protected the back four. But you know, you I, I don't know the stats. I've not looked at them, but I wonder how many times those two passed each other yesterday, particularly in the opponent's half. It, it, yeah. won't, it won't be many or many forward passes be, played between them and when Diame had another ineffective performance at home which is disappointing because I think he's a good player but he was like a lot of the team he was poor yesterday um, it's uh, it, 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 it basically creates a creativity void in the middle Atsu had an off game you know the, the thing that frustrated me a little bit about yesterday and I know Yedlin's injured so that's probably a big part of it but we, we never get anything down the left do we ever but the left's solid with Gufran and Dummett yeah. We're, we're getting everything down the right. Yeah, yesterday we had nothing down either side, and I thought I thought Anita was was awful um, uh, from an attacking perspective. How he got caught for that third goal as well. So we had no idea where the player was. Um, really, that was and he's had a good season, but that was that was a real sign that he's not a fullback for me. Yeah. But anyway, um, I just suppose we just had no partnerships anywhere. Dwight Gale struggled. Fulham were comfortable in behind because the balls were poor over the top. Um, Shelby couldn't get the ball in any space. It was just a real bad day at the office, like we've said. Um, and you know that the solution is going away, working hard, working out what went wrong. And then, apart from Leeds, I think all of our home games are against bottom half sides. Um, <laughs> That's not a good thing. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, who were? It's only Wolves, I think, who are bottom half. Wolves. Wolves are the only bottom half team to win at St James's or Blackburn. Yeah. <laughs> Blackburn. QPR and Bristol took points off us. That's, <laughs> we've, that's, lost, we've lost at Blackburn. We've not, not at Blackburn as well. No, I'm, to, I'm talking about home games because we're away forms that good. And the loss at Blackburn, I, I've the losses at Blackburn and Forest were were fine for me. The performances yeah. were good. Um, Blackburn were at home as well. Very unlucky, but yeah, the, you know, some you know against the majority of the bottom part of the league, though, we have managed to win a lot of games. So I'm still, I'd still rather you know, you're saying ours oh, it's a bad thing. Trust me, so I'd much rather be playing Wigan at home next than like. Brighton or like Fulham, you know what I mean. I'd much rather have those those teams to play with, with a bit of the with a bit of a break and stuff like that, um, to see you know to, to make work go forward. So I mean, you know, the next three games, Si, what do you think we need against the, the, these lowly teams? Seven points, I would say. Um, I I don't think Huddersfield have got another three wins in a row on them. So as long as we're keeping our keeping the distance, we need we need to win at least two of them and and probably three really, but. I'll, you know, I could take a draw on any one of the three because I just don't think Huddersfield are going to win three games, and 
that's all that matters really everyone seems to be bigging up Huddersfield but they've they're in a similar run to us you know they drop points every now and then but you know we're still six points ahead and yeah seven points would be my target here yeah, I mean, we're, we're six points ahead. Just, just say Huddersfield won that game in hand, which is no guarantee in this league. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, it's three points. Um, all we've got to do, you know, in four points with goal difference, all we've got to do is, is stay ahead of the, the, the two in front. Brighton have got Leeds next weekend. Leeds away. Hard game. Um, you know, so, you know, Huddersfield have got Fulham to come to them, which is a hard game, as we've seen. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, there's certainly no need to panic. Newcastle haven't been outside of the top two, I think, since October. So there's really there's really no need to start panicking and, and, until we cut a, cut adrift from the top two, or until it looks like you know we're not in this position. Um, Ninety points has always done it. We're only thirteen points from it with what nine games to go. Yeah, I mean, we're going to get thirteen points from nine games. We don't deserve to get promoted, but even if it took more than ninety points, we're in a great position to do that anyway. Um, Huddersfield will slip up, slip up plenty towards the end of the season. I know they played well at Brighton yesterday. Brighton had a clear penalty denied in the 90th minute. Brighton, not Brighton, um, Brentford. Brentford hit the bar. Um, you know, had chances, small small margins, and, and, and credit to Huddersfield. But we, whenever whenever questions have been asked this team, I'm talking about big questions, not the kind of questions where you should win every game or why aren't you winning every game or blah blah blah. All these fucking idiots asking these questions. Whenever this team's been asked a serious question, we've come through. And, and, that, and that's worth something. That's worth a hell of a lot more than than um, winning your home games to appease your your um, aggressive fans and, and being average away from home. Like like certain like Reading, for example. If we were in Reading's position, I would you know I often wonder if we won every game at home by a canter and were class at home like Reading, but shit away from home. Would some fa- some fans be happier because what they see in front of them on a kind of week in week out is 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 better than what they see in front of them now with the excellent away form. It's a tough I like one. To think that's a very, very small minority. I'm sure there's not that many people that think like that. It's just we, we've got too many people who've got used to reacting in the moment, and social media makes the instant reaction to one result maybe a little bit more exaggerated. Um, hopefully, once people have had a couple of days to calm down, they can look back at the league table, they can look back at everything we've achieved this season, and kind of think, you know what, let's pick ourselves up. Next one, next one's in a week. The next one's in a week in, in football and in this league in particular. It's consist, consistently changing. If we if we go to Birmingham and put in another um, subpar performance, then absolutely you could start to question um, tactics. So you could start to question thinking we'll go up, or you you might think you know it's going to be really really difficult, or you might start to get worried. Or you might think playoffs and all this kind of stuff. But 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 ultimately, yet you have to trust that the manager we've got. You have to trust the players, and you have to you have to. So many people don't look at the league table. That the treat it like we're fifth. The treat the treat us like we're Reading, like yeah. we're too inconsistent. We're top of the league. We're the most by being top of the league. We're the most consistent team in the league. So if that if that if that doesn't reassure people, I don't know what will. Um, so I, some people are are kind of commenting saying you know Clark's out now for a little while. Do you think Hanley's the automatic replacement, or would he go and Bemba? I know we've talked about Bemba already, but he took it in a different yeah. direction. <laughs> I did. I, did. <laughs> um, I would still stick by what I said. And Bember in, in midfield would be interesting. But um, Hanley's not had a bad game for us when he's come in. But Hanley and Lascelles. I mean, Hanley and Lascelles against the Birmingham. Fine. You know what? They'll just they'll do the job. Uh, I don't think when we go away to Birmingham, we're going to need people who who are comfortable on the ball. We just need to defend and then take our chances going forward because we've got the quality in the front. Um, when we're at home to uh, the likes of Wigan, or 
if you think about early games in the season, so where we've dropped points to Blackburn, Wolves, etc., it's because we've been pushed so deep and having a defender who can bring the ball out is really important in that situation. So looking forward to the home games, you might want to see Mbemba come back in in the defence. I do disagree, um, but I think Mbemba started against Wolves and was... was was disastrous, but um, I know what you mean, and, and I get. He's not going to score a, a, a yeah. thronking own goal every week. Don't worry about that. <laughs> um, I just think, um, look at Mitrovic, Cabela, Tovan, even Rivier. Like basically, all of Graham Carr's like super signings, his big money signings, have been absolutely dog shit. Yeah, I'm at the same to an extent. So I just, I just feel not. I just feel like all, all of those players I've listed, they're good players. Even Mitrovic, yeah. all of them are good players. They just have something inherently wrong with them to make them end up at Newcastle. Maybe that's hard to remember. Maybe he's already showed us enough last season to show that's not the case, but he's clearly not trusted. We got him cheap. We got all these players on the cheap, which means there's got to be something, especially from mine and your conversation with Rafa. If you're getting a player for four million who who should be good enough to be in the Premier League as a centre half, there's, there's some other reason for that. It's not. You know, there'll be put maybe this person thing. I mean, there's got to be reason why Rafa doesn't fancy him. You know, again, this guy knows more than any of us. So, um, the fact that Mbemba's had so few games for us this season, even off the bench or anything like that, um, you've just got to wonder why that is. And we don't really know. There's not been much much written about it or or said about it. But yeah, you've just got to wonder. So yeah, Hanley and and as an element of okay, Rafa signed Hanley, so he's probably going to go with the player that he's asked for. But yeah, there's, there's something not right about Mbemba, even though, as you've said, we, we've kind of rated him and thought he was all right. And last season, he seemed to, in a terrible, terrible team, he had a good season, but... He did. Yeah, uh, I know. It's a strange one. Daryl Murphy, would you, would you think there's a bit of a... Uh, there's been some calls on social media to get him a start against Birmingham? Well, no, we, do, we, want, we want a fully fit Dwight Gale starting <laughs> up front, don't we, obviously. Um, I don't know if they mean as a second option... Um, to have them both playing because the number 10 role has once again become shite. Diame's had several bad games there. We still can't trust Perez. So I know all your, all your traditional fans will be like, we'll play two up front, but we're not going to change Rafa's formation at this point in the season when, when we're top of the league. Um, Murphy, are you, are you? Although, Sai, we did in the um, away game, in the cup play two up front. <coughs> Murphy, Mitrovic. For, for, for five minutes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but what a five minutes it was. <laughs> it was. It was a very good start. Yeah, you never know. Mitrovic was on the bench again <laughs> yesterday, so who oh, knows yeah. if, he, if he gets another chance as well. But yeah, no, I, I think Murphy's been excellent in the games he's played, and he, he'd, he'd fully deserve another another go at some point. But all we want is is Dwight Gale back in the form he was in early in the season, and he was up front on his own when he was doing it. Then I don't see why that needs to change. Patrick against Birmingham last time out as well in the league. Yeah. Um, I think people were a bit harsh on yesterday. It was his first start back from a difficult injury where he's not being able to do any running whilst not fit. Um, didn't have the best game, but he still looked, he still looked fairly dangerous going forwards. Yeah, um, we, we, we just didn't get the ball forwards in any threatening positions. We weren't getting forward down the wings. Richie wasn't getting much much joy where he was. Atsu, as you say, he was just completely out of the game. Nothing came down the left. So, yeah, Gale just got nothing to play off. But yeah, that's probably for the best that he's had that game to kind of get a bit of fitness back and hopefully when everyone's a bit more recovered, we'll take it to Birmingham. Yeah, I mean, um, good goal by Big Darrell. Great goal. It was a great finish, yeah. One of the goals of the season will probably be forgotten about, but shooting outside the box like that, curling it in. <laughs> the only time the bloody Fulham keeper was worked and <laughs> he let it in. I know, I know. <laughs> um, 
think that just about does it, Simon. Unless you think I've missed anything or we need to talk about anything else. It's always hard after a defeat when there's just two were. That is. I'm, uh, I'm glad we've had a bit of time to reflect because I felt really, really down immediately after the game. Like, I was gutted. And it was... I was gutted about the, the reaction from the crowd. I was gutted about how, how mental everyone was going yet again after, after the previous fortnight would hard. It just felt like it was so unnecessary to react as badly. But at the same time, I was gutted about the result. Huddersfield had won, so it was like... It was just a bad day, a really bad day, but, you know, you're going to have them. It's a 46-game season in a dog-shit league. Like, just got to just gotta get over it quickly. That would do, that would do. Um, it's up to the team now to convince those doubters and turn it round, so I'm sure they will. They've done it plenty of times before. Done it plenty of times. Rougher. Every time we lose, normally, we tend to go on a bit of a run. Yeah. Um, so that's positive. I'm sure the players will want to show what they, they failed to do uh, <clears throat> on Saturday next week. And uh, that's it. Buy tickets to the Gallagher Flags quiz if you already haven't. <laughs> yeah. um, got loads and loads of good. The club of this week promised some absolutely class prizes. The Chronicle have got some great people writing rounds. It's Friday night, international weekend. What else you got to do? It costs a tenner for a ticket. Um, get online, go to Gallagher Flags Twitter or website to find the link and we'll see you there. We're organising it. Um, that's it. Thanks for listening. Hope it wasn't too downbeat. We'll try to be positive. And uh, we'll be back for a Birmingham preview through the week. Cheers, Si. Cheers. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.